Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I am Chris Hatfield. We are back again. Um, you know, we've been trying to record this podcast. We recorded our little emergency podcast. Back again. We're having a full episode now. It's nice. A full, long episode, Chris. We are, it is, it is not taking us three weeks to do this because <laughs> um, we are we are absolutely back. It is Wednesday. September the 1st, the Green Day guy is is ready to wake you up in 30 days time, um, but hopefully not before the Louisville Cardinals kick off on Monday, their football opener against Ole Miss Monday night, Labor Day in Atlanta. Football season is finally here, Chris. We can stop arguing with Kentucky fans about their schedule. Thank God we got some football to play. It's a good week, man. I'm sure it's like still blazing hot in Kentucky, but I woke up. No, today, like today's perfect. We had the hurricane came by and it left (laughs) a cold front and it was, I I wore two layers of shirts today. I wore a shirt over a shirt. It feels like football everywhere. That's great. Football season. Um, It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Not I think like the highs, like 82 on Saturday are going to be absolutely perfect. Um, so you said obviously always perfect weather in New England. Uh in May. <laughs> Dude, it's been it's been great. Um, I wanted to pick your brain like briefly Please. about something. Please. We're gonna have a lot of serious talk on this podcast. So we might as well start off like a serious discussion. I don't know, and just kind of maintain the brand throughout. Um totally. I just want to know how you kind of feel about what moral responsibly like responsibility some of these universities have to ensure that their games aren't the source of a, of a, of a COVID breakout, because we see you tweeted that thing today about LSU and thinking yeah. that might be kind of a, a domino effect of, of teams requiring their fans to show proof of vaccination or maybe wear a mask or, you know, whatever. I never really was that gullible, no disrespect to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never, I never thought that that would happen. Um, I, you know, I wanted it to happen, but I go back and forth on how I feel about this. So, you know, to me, I, I think the university definitely bears some type of responsibility. How much though? And, and how do we kind of quantify that? I think that's a great question. I, I think it bears a pretty good amount of responsibility. I think I think a university, especially one, I, I I can't speak for every university's position, but I think a university like Louisville that literally that is 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 currently trying to, you know, make sense of a, a merger with one of the largest and well, most well known uh, hospital companies in the area. Uh, purchased them recently has hospitals, you know, Jewish the Jewish hospital from the St. Mary St. Elizabeth group, you know, has several centers around the, the the city has been right next to mayor fisher the entire time about this city's covid response um i i i think it was pretty i think it's pretty feckless uh, to be quite frank to 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 pretend like um you know that, that it's just okay to pack you know, 60,000 people into a stadium and, and expect it, you know, expect things to go fine. And um, I I appreciate, I appreciate them requiring people to um, wear masks inside, inside the spaces. Um, As a person who has spent a decent amount of time in the PNC club, I definitely doubt that that's going to be followed in that room. 
um but i think the answer to your question is i think they have some responsibility and i i was you know you know you said you you know you didn't quite believe that lsu would open the floodgates i i i don't know man i i just i see lsu literally they argue about lsu football in the very conservative louisiana legislature you know like it just seemed to me like that was like oh wow the whole sec is going to follow I, th- I thought Alabama might be next. And I thought maybe that was kind of a, you know, considering their relationship, those two schools, I think I thought that they, they kind of might be one after the other, maybe kind of eyeing each other. And and maybe Georgia would be next after that. Georgia hasn't been as, as, you know, as loose, fast and loose as Florida, my understanding has been, um, you know, I, I thought we'd see some of these things, you know, you were never going to get Texas. You were never going to get Florida to hop on, but I, I thought that was going to sort of, if that's the most quote unquote conservative minded school that, that was, was going to hop in. I, I thought that really cleared the space for Louisville and Kentucky and, you know, even, even, you know, schools up in the, in the Midwest um, throughout the big 10 and, and, and you know, you're going to see it all throughout the Northeast. I think um, I, I'm just, I, I was bummed by it. I, I, I don't know. I I've been going to, to racing Louisville matches pretty consistently. I, I, go to them honestly. Cause I, I don't have to sit next to somebody to be quite honest with you. I don't know how I feel about sitting next to somebody that I don't really know. And, you know, and, and I don't know where they've been. I don't know what they're about that. That kind of, I've kind of always kind of kept my distance from people even outside if I don't know them. So I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, I'm kind of in a tough spot and um, I didn't expect them to require a mask outside. I'm not, I'm going to ask people to require masks outside, but I think, I think, requiring vaccination cards, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, man, it's, you can put it on an app on your phone. And I know we're really behind on that compared to other countries, but it's out there. It's available. I've done it. It didn't take long. You take a picture and it it pulls up. You can put it, pull it up on your iPhone. Like you're, you're getting on airplane. Like it's just, it doesn't, it's not, it's not that big of a difference. And now that we're doing everything on our phones for tickets anyway, I just didn't, I didn't see it as a huge leap, I guess. I'm talking too much. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know what it's been, but I do think it's been something to see a state like Mississippi to have their entire football program vaccinated. 100%. Um, I like, I can't really put into words, um, what kind of Lane Kiffin has accomplished there, but he's done something like I, something I just want to go back and revisit at some point in my life to see like Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, yeah. uh, Lane Kiffin, all these places in these Southern states that are hugely Republican states that have had these massive breakouts that have been very successful getting their players vaccinated when it came to competitive sports. And like I said, I, I don't know what that means, but it is something there, there's something to learn there um, going forward. And, you know, um, I, I wanted Louisville to do more. Um, I thought they were in the position to do more. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it does kind of disappoint me that they haven't done more, but we'll I, see. I, I, I mean, I, I, I want to know what happens when, you know, there's not going to be a game. There's not going to be many games canceled due to COVID. I I don't anticipate that happening, but I do want to know what happens when there is some numbers may soar up for a week in a city after a huge game, you know, Georgia and Clemson play in Charlotte this weekend. I don't know what they're doing 
as far as vaccines for the fans, I don't think there's proof of vaccines. I haven't read anything that's requiring proof of vaccines. I feel like that would have been a headline I would have saw by now. So what happens this weekend if, you know, Charlotte has a 2% increase in COVID? Are, are they able to directly trace that back to a college football game that was played there? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. But those conversations are certainly going to happen. And, you know, I, I think it's something to watch. I mean, I don't know how much football had to do with it, but I mean, the worst COVID spike we had was at the end of the year. It was at the end of last year and you had all of football season. I mean, you can, you could probably do a steady build, you know, show, Oh, here's all the games and here's you, you causation isn't necessarily correlation, right. Or correlation isn't causation. I mean, but I think you, I mean, it, it, I want to know sort of, what what the backing was for it? Who made the decision? Was it just Vince Tyree? Because you had John Klein, who's you know uh, the he- the head of research for U of L Med School. He's been doing weekly calls with Drew Diener now for over for a year and a half, and he's like, "This is." I mean, he said, "What was it?" He's like, "He's like something about the mountain and a mouse came out." You know, like just basically just saying this is trash, but not saying <laughs> this is trash. You know, and. um I don't know. Like, I want to know who was sitting in on this. Was Neely sitting in? Like, who, who thought? And and I, I'm my theory, Chris, is that I just the same way that Louisville didn't require vaccines for students. I really think that the legislature was like, "Don't do this, or we're gonna fuck." Yeah, you but and if 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 we're gonna talk about Neely, obviously in this podcast, <laughs> but that's that's the whole thing here. Like, if we're gonna have this quote-unquote trade-off. I think you know what I mean when I say that. We're going to have some type of progressive president that maybe has an emphasis less on sports. Then the least we could do is get something like this accomplished. Well, like, you and know, that's the, 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 you, you, you understand what I'm saying there. All, right? all I'm going to say, Chris, all I'm going to say, Chris, is I wouldn't exactly call Neely progressive. Okay. You, you, well, you, you, know, you can go back. You can go back that, to her that's history. How the Twitter, that's how the Twitter nights have, have. You could go back to her history at, at Kansas. You could see um, who donated to Kansas heavily under her uh, head of the business school. Starts with a K and ends with an oak. Um, yeah. So, like, you, you you can go back there. That I wouldn't. I would. That would be hardly the first thing I would say. And I think you know, for the most part, she's been fine. We can talk about what what's happened over the last week, and we will. Um, but you know, just 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 to put that out there for for the the FJWs, uh, the well, the truthers, the truth. We'll, we'll get to it. I we'll set you it. up for that one, and I think you did slam duck at home, and you did. So I'm happy. <laughs> Oh, Chris, we'll see what happens. And, and, you know, I will say, you know, Vince, Vince Tyree did say when he was interviewed, I think on ESPN, he said it's, um, you know, before this policy came out, they didn't want to, um, they, they weren't going, they, this wasn't going to be permanent, that they were always, you know, change as things go. Um, if things get much worse, which they very well could. I expect them to get worse before they get better. Um, maybe things change. I I, I don't know. I, I do kind of like just to wrap this up. I do think this sort of happened not just in the sports space, but it's like you saw like some venue companies like kind of come out like a couple of the top venue companies, but not the top one which would be live nation was like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, we're going to, we're, we're going to start requiring vaccines starting October the 1st. And then like, they were the only ones. And like, it wasn't just like everyone didn't come down the line. 
Um, yeah. Well, some places are. Some places are locally. Like Headliners is locally. Um, I think of Z Bar and uh, the the Flamingo Lounge, which is formerly Jimmy Can Dance. But you know, we'll we'll see. It's definitely going to be interesting. It's definitely not over on that end. I can't. I can't see. I can't see fewer um, vaccine mandates happening in the future. Sure. All right. That was uh, that was fun. Let's um, let's hit the intro and let's let's talk about a little bit of football, Chris. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris. Louisville Cardinal football is back as well. Finally, it is Scott Satterfield's third season um, after, you know, what was a very exciting first season. You know, uh, uh, bringing us from the brink, uh, uh, the Bobby times and uh, taking us to the promised land of a, of a Music City Bowl victory. And then 2020 happens, the COVID season. We go to four and seven after the high of eight and five, three and six in the conference. And we get South Carolina gate happening and we have quite an offseason, Chris. I, I want to know. Where were you at the end of this last season? What has changed over the spring, the summer, and the early, the, 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 first, the first leaves of fall? And where are you now just a couple of days before Scott Satterfield comes to face-to-face with the man, the myth, the legend, Lane Kiffin? Yeah, that's, that's what I want to do here. I want to take <laughs> both of our sides and go from this entire I really like, laid mental, it out there for us. <laughs> yeah, and mental psychology. And you can insert when I'm talking and I'll insert when you're talking. But um, for me, like at the end of last year, I was totally disconnected from the football program for sure. Um, I think if in a weird way, Scott Satterfield flirting with South Carolina, maybe reinvigorated me to care a little bit more about <laughs> what I cared about the football program because it gave me some type of emotion. Um, I was angry and that kind of reminded me that, Hey, you still do, you know, care about this football team. You still do care about, you know, what's going on here. It's just last year was so depressing. Um, we, you know, weren't able to go to the games. If you wanted to go to the game, right. you probably weren't able to feel comfortable at the games. Um, tailgating didn't happen. Um, and then on top of it, you just had a crappy product on the football field. Um, I thought that there were some players on the team, you know, that I wanted to support, um, that did some good things. There were these weird moments where you play Florida state at home and you just run the hell out of them. Um, and it's like, yeah, this is Florida state. You're like beating them by like 30. Um, but you know, it, it I don't know. I, at the end of the season, like I said, I was, as disconnected as I've been with any Louisville sports team, um, including, you know, the Bobby Petrino air. Um, and then that yep. kind of happened. It kind of reinvigorated me. I've gotten to this point over the last two weeks where I keep coming back to the fact that Louisville was the only team last season. I, I got to remember the number perfectly. And then to make sure I recite it quickly. They had a positive point differential and they had the record that they did. They lost Correct. every one score game that right. they were in. 
and they had one of the worst turnover differentials in the country. Yes, 100%. So, like, as a person who has, you know, started kind of geared towards analytics, I use it in sports gambling, I use it in everything. I've grown to, like, really enjoy numbers. It's a very, like, concrete thing. I am in this battle where I'm saying there is absolutely no way that this football team can't show positive regression in the upcoming season. But also, I don't believe in the coach. (laughs) So I'm in a really tough spot between logic and math. Um, I have grown a little bit in optimism, I'd say, in the last week and a half, just because I don't understand why a coaching staff that didn't think their team was going to be very good would be not only talking good about their team, but overstating things anytime <laughs> they are in front of the government saying, you know, top 25, top 30 defense, best offensive line I've ever coached, best offensive line since we've been here, those type of things. <laughs> so unless these guys are complete idiots, which, you know, I, I'm not Scott Satterfield's biggest fan, but I don't think he's a complete idiot. I, I think they see something. Um, so, and you know, that could totally be complete incompetence on their part, or it could be that they're actually good. I, I, I'm there. Like I'm, I'm my, there's a battle between myself, like I said, with logic and, and with numbers. Um, and that, that's where I'm at. I, I think that's fair. I, I think I've, I've been in a similar path and, you know, um, I, we talked about it on this podcast. I, I was pretty, I was pretty pissed too after South Carolina. Um, I, I have long aired on the side of Louisville is, you know, everyone hates this Louisville is a stepping stone job. Um, but, and I am not, you know, immune to the idea that Scott Satterfield, as soon as he kisses success is well on his way to a mid to low end SEC job. And I don't think either one of us care about that. Honestly. I don't think like, we care about that. I, I don't think we care about it. It's just the way that it happened, Chris, that upset sure. me. It's after the season that he had where it, it, kids were leaving. He was insulting them for leaving in JV and Hawkins's case. Um, you know, just the way that it felt like the team gave up uh, the, just the way that they blew the, these one score games and every single one score loss they led in the second half at one point. That's yeah. a, yes, there are mistakes made on the field, but but at some point, coaching is, is an impact there. As you said, we both, I I, I think me me sort of you, I do not think that Scott Satterfield is a power, a successful Power Five football coach. I think he is a very very good Group of Five Sun Belt Conference football coach. I think he's trying to do the same thing, and we've seen it on these anonymous ACC coaching uh, kind of boardroom tables, whatever you want to call them. Um, Scott Satterfield, to uh, unless something has changed over this summer and spring, I fully expect this offense to still have been figured out. I think he was figured out last season. Unless something's really changed, I, I think he's going to be figured out this season. Um, so that's why I am like low on 
I agree. You know, I, I, I do not think that Malik Cunningham is going to throw the same amount of interceptions, going to give up the ball as much as he did last season. That's absolutely not going to happen, but I just don't, I, I think that de- any competent defense is going to be able to figure out this offense and I'll be shocked if they don't. And that really hasn't changed as much for me over the course of this summer. I was really frustrated by this, this incoming re- recruiting class. Um, you know, only, only one four-star, you know, the second best guy that they brought in, um, Jare Williams, who was Terrence Williams's son, that he didn't even make, he didn't even make it to, to school. Um, you know, one four star, as I said, and, and just some of these dudes. You know, as I said on this podcast before, you know, you you are who you recruit against. You know, sure. And some of these guys, it's not. We're not talking about. We're not talking about recruiting against Florida, recruiting against Georgia, recruiting even against Georgia Tech. We're talking about App State, Coastal Carolina, Duke, what East I, Carolina. What I don't, what I don't want the conversation for either of us to become is, you know, constantly looking for the worst possible thing. <laughs> like if, if, because like it, it's been very black and white within the fan base for me, like there's been, and it was kind of like this in Bobby Vitrino, but I thought there was a little bit more gray area there. I thought there were a little bit more people that were throwing their hands up and saying, I'm not sure. I don't know, but I feel but, like with Scott Satter, I feel like, no, but I feel like with Scott Satterfield, there are people saying, you know, this team is going to be absolute garbage. And right. You can point to A, B, C, D. What about this? And they're like, oh, I don't care. They're going to suck. And then you have these people on the other hand that are saying, you know, this team's going to win nine games this season. So I, you know, it's funny that you point out like the whole competent defense thing, because in game one and one of their biggest games of the season, they're facing an awful defense, <laughs> a, a, a team that they should, a team that they should be able to run the ball against. A team that team. averaged thirty-eight points against last season. So if they yeah, don't and, score but, over thirty, it's a gross failure, an absolute yeah. gross failure. But a team that they want to like, what they want to do, they want to run the ball. They. Scott Satterfield's obviously made no fucking secret about that. We know that, but a team that they should be able to have success about doing that. So like, you know, you get that game and maybe you win, maybe you play it close and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you kind of go from there. But like, I, I caution people on making any opinion about this team until we've seen three weeks into the season, because they could absolutely beat old miss and still not be a good team you you, like you I, and i, I you and way. i have been on the record ucf is a much bigger game and will tell us way more about this football club than old miss to me i i think this old miss team is not very good like i really don't. Let, let me like let I, me let me here's my here's my grand theory of louisville football this season i think they're gonna be fine I think they're going to be okay. They are going to win somewhere between five and eight games, probably five and seven games. The problem I have is I think it's better for the long-term future of Louisville football for them to be four games for them to win four games or less. That's, that's the issue I have because I don't think that nine games, 10 games is, is possible. I'm like eight is barely, I I, like, that's, that's going to have to be every coin flip goes their way. 
for me. I think they're probably a six or seven win team. And I just don't think that their schedule is tough enough this season for me to say that means Scott Satterfield's a good coach. And it, it would be better for the show if we disagreed on this, but I know <laughs> we don't. But what what coaches came into Louisville his third season and have the expectations for a six win season to be a success. I know. I mean, in the same people, the same people that say that are the same ones that thought Bobby Petrino had talent left on the field. So if you say that, then there's under any circumstance, should you look at this crap ACC and be saying, you know, six and six is a pretty good season. You know, if they they cover against Ole Miss, that's pretty good. No, that's not. No, that standard has not been for, it wasn't that standard for Charlie strong. No, it wasn't that standard for Bobby Petrino. It, It wasn't that standard for anyone. And you know, I, Scott Satterfield apparently still maintains his likability within the family. And, and that's shocking. And that's, that's, and that's, that's a shocking interesting thing. That's shocking to me, Chris. And listen, I, I will say, I've been like you, you know, I think this past week and a half, I, I've, you know, I, I've got, I've gotten a, a little higher on this football team. I think it's just the excitement of football. Honestly, I'm, I'm excited to tune in on Monday at eight o'clock on ESPN and watch this football team and get embroiled in it. I'm going to cheer for the team, no matter what. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't see the long-term success of this football program. What Scott Satterfield at the helm is the problem I have. And unless something, unless they really ball out this season. And I think that's beating Ole Miss. I think that's beating UCF. And I think that's beating Kentucky. Yeah. I, I, I think, think that's, the, that's, that's the big, big whole thing. Here. I think the, the, the only quote unquote acceptable, like a hundred percent acceptable loss to me this season is Clemson. I, I think, I think an average Louisville football team, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. I think an average Louisville football team of the expectation, the caliber we have, I think is wins every game, but, but Clemson, just the, the schedule that they have year in and year out. I don't, the, the Wake Forest, it should be improved, but you, you, you know, Wake Forest, Florida State, they should be improved. UCF, you have at home, you should have that home expectation. Ole Miss, we're both met on, you know, they should be Virginia home. They should be, or, you know, they should be Boston College at home. NC State, you lose on the road to MC State, who's you know probably going to be the second or third best team in the division. You know, maybe you have a little, you know, a little patience for that. Clemson's Clemson. You you shouldn't be. You you have to beat Syracuse. They're going to be the worst team in this division. You have to beat Duke. They're going to be the worst team in the ACC. And Kentucky's Kentucky. And I'm tired of losing to Kentucky. And we should expect the Louisville football team to be Kentucky every season. And that's the whole other side of this. This is <laughs> happening at the same time that they're elevating their program. correct. Exactly. And if you if you if you go if you go like six and six and you beat Kentucky and you go to a bowl game and you know you do whatever in that bowl game, you're like, yeah, it was, it was okay. You you kind of change your stance about where you were before the end because that's how much that game means. Um, and I think that's like the one thing that a lot of people can point at. Um, even some of the biggest like Scott distractors would, would look at and say, you know, you go be Kentucky and you have a six and six, seven and five season. Then maybe I, I kind of change my tune. Um, but that, that game at the end of the season is going to be absolutely massive. Um, I think for the first time in a long time, it'll be significantly bigger for Louisville than it is for Kentucky. A hundred percent. And that's 100%. not been the case for the, 
for the football team for a while. Um, we wanted to do our like little generic game by game predictions, <laughs> right? So let's oh, do that. Anything else before? I, yeah, I don't know. I should have asked you if you had anything else. I guess no. I, I mean, I did. I did want to touch because that article came out by Kyle Tucker. The 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 recruiting article we were just talking about Kentucky and elevating their program. And listen, I'm not, it's not the most important to me thing to me every year to have all of the Kentucky people come to Louisville. I mean, again, outside of Jefferson County, you know, 66% of people in every County outside of Jefferson County or more hate this city. (laughs) So like, that's not the hugest thing to me. What bothers me is the what, what I think what the quote was is like, we're not a priority in state. And then they're going out of state and going against Tulane and Eastern Carolina. So you, you can't you can't have it both ways where we're not prioritizing the in-state recruits. Oh, but we're then going to go to the same quality guys in North Carolina or uh, or Mississippi you know, Georgia's got is a, is, a, is a hotbed, whatever. But you're 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 going against the same caliber. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I, I mean, just I'm, wanted I'm, to note that. I'm not going to pretend to care about <laughs> global like recruiting inside the state of Kentucky. I hear what you're saying. But, I don't care. Like I'm saying, yeah. I it, it's I just don't think you can have it both ways. And I think like Louisville fans want to have it both ways. That's why I'm yeah. saying it. They want to have it a lot of different ways. You can't both say that last season was like unlucky and then think that the first season wasn't also lucky. But the argument, so, so the argument with the whole recruiting stuff, the people that back Scott is Mm -hmm. that you're, you're not looking at who's offering these players once they get off about mobile, which is like, you know, it's whatever, but like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot, a lot of time on the recruiting at the moment. Because recruiting is like so weird too, because it's like, it could say a guy was being recruited by Florida, but it's not a committable offer or whatever the yeah. hell that means. It's so a, it's it's a like, lot harder. It's a lot less tangible than it is in basketball. So it's a hard thing, and I'm it's not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend to be like an expert on this. I, I'm just saying, don't, don't come to me and say, it's not a big deal that we don't bring on Selah Brown. And then like, oh, this three-star recruit who has like the the people recruiting him the hardest are East Carolina. Like, oh, this sure. is the guy. Like, it's yeah. just don't don't do that to me. Like, you can't you can't have it both ways. <laughs> That's my point. Sure. <laughs> I gotcha. um, let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about this season. Let's break it down. Chris, we'll go game by game. I I, I probably should be writing this down. I, I'm going to open a word doc real quick, just so just so I can save this, and I'll share it in our nice little show notes. Um, let me let me. Why are you trying to get the the ticket numbers? Copy paste. Okay, come on. Let's. Oh, this is funny. I just opened up the schedule myself, and I'm trying to remember how little I know about Virginia football because I don't know anything about Virginia football. Okay. Okay. I've got it ready. What do you remember about Virginia football? I don't remember anything. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at their team and I'm just like, man, this is very blah. So, Okay, Chris, are you ready? I am ready. All right, Chris. We're going to go game by game. We're going to go win and loss. Mm-hmm. Chris. On Monday, September 6th, Louisville plays Ole Miss 
in a neutral game in Atlanta, Florida, the Chick-fil-A kickoff. Atlanta, Florida. Atlanta, Florida. Gabe, what are you saying? You've had two, you've had three marks. What are you doing, bro? Um, Chris, is that a win or a loss? I've already predicted it as a win on a previous podcast. So again, I'm going to double down and say that Louisville will win that game. And it won't be so much because of Louisville, but it'll be more because of Old Miss. Um, Mackerel is a good quarterback, but he also lost a dynamite wide receiver. Similar, yeah. yeah, similar to what Louisville is facing, um, losing Tutu Atwell and Des Fitzpatrick and, you know, that whole thing. Um, Louisville is going to be able to run the ball on them. Their front seven is not good. I would be saying their front seven is not good if this was the offensive line of last season, but I do think this this offensive line is going to improve. I believe more than anybody on the staff. I believe in Brian Brown. I do think the defense will improve. And I just think that this sets up really well stylistically for Louisville to win this game. Um, They could absolutely lose a nail biter. But I would absolutely be shocked if Louisville win, loses this game by like double digits or something. I think this will be a game that's played in the 20s and 30s. I think it'll be, you know, lower scoring than people expect. Um, and I, you know, I think Louisville will win the game. I really, really do. I, I understand that, Chris. I, I, I like you. I believe Ole Miss is, is not as good. I think this is a similar situation to the last time Louisville played in this game. You know, where the team they're playing is is sort of a darling. I mean, Auburn was ranked, I think, what third or fourth in the country that year. I think Louisville's really gonna high. Louisville's gonna play similarly well. They're gonna they're gonna do some really fun things. I am just if this was the second or third game of the season, I would be really keen on picking Louisville. It's losing all of these guys on offense and immediately having to play without them on, uh, on this offense that, that scares me is having, you know, having to figure out what life is like without Tutu Adwell and dead does Fitzpatrick, um, you know, the running game, not as big as an issue, but you know, they're going to be able to run the ball. Um, but I do think it's going to be a bit of a shootout. I have a hard time believing that, that, you know, that if Ole Miss is Ole Miss can get run on that, they're, that they're not going to get scored on as well. Um, I, I, I would take Louisville with the points. You said 11 isn't available anymore. Are we what down to 10 and a half, 10. Yeah. It's hovered between they're definitely not going to let it get above 11. So I, I would take Louisville. T- I would take Louisville eight and up. I would take Louisville, the points eight and up, probably even seven and a half, just or, or seven, you know, seven and up. Um, it's actually already left 10 and a half. So it seems like 10, 11 is like the magic number. As yeah. soon as it got to 11 the other day, it got absolutely hammered yeah. on Louisville's side. Um, so I, 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 I see this like definitely number. being either a nail biter or a one score game that that is sort of down to the last 30 seconds and just, you know, maybe a, a field goal kit, you know, kind of kills it at, at, at 33 seconds or something like that. Um, but I, I just, I think with all of the changeover on offense it, with these weapons, um, you know, I, I get that they're, they're trying to bring in Travion Cooley to be a guy on, on, in this running game, you know, this is his first game. Is he going to break out? I, I would just take, I take the experience and I take the team that's been in these big games. Let's be real. Been been in big 
crowded games before much more than I think this Louisville team has. Um, so I, I'll, I'll probably give that a loss. Just, just a I'll close say, one. I'll, I'll say massive game for Marshawn Ford, by the way. I'll, that's I'll that's a good, that that's a good, a good call out. Take the over on the player prop on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one, I, I think we both agree probably Eastern Kentucky, not a great football team. Um, they're, they're playing Kentucky this week, right? No, it's Louisiana Monroe. Oh, they're playing Louisiana Monroe. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know why I thought Kentucky, that. That's who Kentucky plays. Um, who is legitimately one of the uh, – Kentucky <laughs> plays two, two of the worst teams. I, the only reason I know so much more about this than I have in previous years is because I'm writing about college football gambling as a whole. And, yeah, yeah, you got to uh, plug yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll see the articles. It's we'll a, see the sports betting, sports betting down there, com. But they play Louisiana Monroe and New Mexico State. Those legitimately are two of the top five worst teams in college football. It's pretty awesome. That, that's you know, shout out to Mark Stoops. You know, you know, yeah, get that, you get, get, you that, get that ACC schedule, but you got to put in some 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 dubs in there. Uh, Chris, I, am I right in that we both think this is going to be a win? Yeah. Um, okay. September 11th, Eastern Kentucky. All right, Friday, September 17th at 7.30, uh, the UCF Golden Knights come to town. What are your thoughts, Chris? Um, done a little bit of research on this Central Florida team. Um, still don't know a whole lot about them. I know they want to play a really up-tempo um, type style. Um, Gus Mazan's there. So you're going to see a lot of like nifty, like a lot of movement in the backfield, um, a lot of motion and stuff like that. I'm going to take Central Florida to win this game. I, I think they're the, the better team, honestly, than Louisville. Um, they played Boise State week one in Central Florida. Um, I do think they'll win that game too. I actually kind of like this Central Florida team. I think Gus Malzahn's going to have a bit like a kind of like a career renaissance down there. Um, so yeah, I you know I think Central Florida wins this game by a touchdown or more. Actually, so yeah, I, I'm with you, Chris. I um, I just get bad juju from Central Florida coming. Um, I, I still think about that Blake Bortles was that guy named Storm Johnson. Yeah, um, I was on team. the field for that one. I remember that. I I was very blidge uh, for that one. Um, my my cousins, my my two closest cousins in, in Florida, they're both Central Florida grads. Um, you know, I called them like three times during the game, just like <laughs> narrating it. Um, it was uh, it, that was quite a day, and I, I was um, so mad after that loss that I uh, deleted a, a group chat. I hit the nuclear nice. option on a group chat and uh, like my friends lost a bunch of photos they had shared on it. Were super mad at me. It was, it was uh, not, I was not a kind person that evening in the Taco Bell line. Um, very <laughs> much remember being very mad. Um, I also think this is going to be a loss. Um, as you said, I, I, I think, I think UCF is going to be a good spot for Gus Malzahn as well. I'm glad you pointed that out. Cause I kind of feel the same way. Um, just the Auburn kind of culture, kind of, you know, pressure and stuff. I think God to him. And, you know, I think he's a smart coach and he's probably going to reinvent himself. He's definitely going to be calling on some unique properties, um, some unique offensive kind of, kind of uh, glitches and changes and hitches. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm honestly really interested to see. Um, so I'll take UCF there. And I, like I said with you, I, I think that's just going to be, they're clearly a cut above and they're going to, compete with Cincinnati to be the best of the G five. Um, 
All right, moving right along. Uh, September the 25th of Saturday um, at Florida State, the cards go down to tally. What's your take, Chris? A lot of people are pointing to that Central Florida game being the turning point, but I think this game is the turning point Agreed. of this season. Um, Lola's had a lot of success against Florida State. I have done a little bit of research on this Florida State team too, as well, because I am writing about them this weekend. Um, <laughs> you know, I they are very, very tough to predict. Um, there is a weird inclination for me that Louisville wins this game, but man, it is a very like 50-50 game. Um, I will say Louisville wins this game, but not really strong in that belief. Um yeah, that's where I'm at. I, you know, yeah, that's all I really have for you. I don't know. I'm right there with you. I, I, I do not know what to believe about this Florida State team. Um, like, I, <laughs> I like Jordan Travis. So, is so they're, be the guy, they're, right? Jordan, yeah. Travis so or Mackenzie Milton. Mackenzie Milton's going to be the guy. They they played Notre Dame week one. That spread opened up at twelve. And it got hammered to seven and a half. And that's what it says at now. Wow. So there are a lot of people believing in Florida State. But is that just a public thing? They're just a big name. I mean, I don't that's know. Notre Dame is the, big the, a game. Yeah. That's more than a public thing to move four points from the opening. I mean, that opened, I don't know when the spreads kind of came out. That came, they may came out, you know, six weeks ago. But still, do we, do we have their depth chart? Who, who is. Um... Jordan Travis or Mackenzie Milton. We, we don't know. Mike Norvell, you know, I don't Big know. Big year man. for him. I, I, I just do not know with them who they're going to be like, um, man, this is, this is really hard. I'm, I'm going to, you know what I, did you pick? Did I, did, did you run with one? Yeah, I picked Louisville to win. I'm going to pick Louisville to win as well. I, I Louisville has always had good success down in tally. Um, I, I'm not convinced that Jordan Travis, uh, I'm going to assume Jordan Travis or, you know, Mackenzie Milton's still going to be trying to find his way after that. He, he had that injury, right? That's he's that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, right now, after four games, you have Louisville at three and one. I have Louisville at two and two um, at Wake Forest, Chris, the next weekend, Saturday, October the 2nd. What are your thoughts? I think Wake Forest stinks. I think Louisville wins this I'm, game. I'm right there with you. I'm never going to pick Wake Forest to beat Louisville, even if they're good. That's just not that's that's <laughs> not who I am. Um, I don't believe that. Uh, Virginia, Chris, at home, Saturday, October 9th. Don't know a single thing about this Virginia team. And I'm not going to say I do. Um, <laughs> I think Bronco Mendenhall is a better coach than Scott Satterfield. So I'll take Virginia to win the game. How oh, about wow. that? Okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> this is such an either or game, but this is also what, like, this is one of those things. It's like, you know, we said Louisville, an average Louisville team shouldn't lose to Virginia. Um, I just I, I like that. That's like that's who this team is going to be in my mind. They're going to be. You're going to have really highs and you're going to have real lows. And you know, I we we'll get to the next game in a second. But the next game, I give them no chance of winning. So it's like uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, it, it, some of these games are so blah. Like Syracuse, that that's a game you should win. You know, Virginia is one of those games where it's like. You have to win one of Virginia and Wake Forest. 
I'm going to go losses. I'm going to go loss as well. Okay. I'm going to go loss as well. That puts them at three and three. Um, I, I'm with you on this Boston College. I'll go ahead and jump there. Um, I, I, I think Boston College is is going to be improved, and they've always had Louisville's number over the past few years. Um, I think they're going to be improved this season. Or It sounds like you're also in on a loss. Yeah, and in, until I can see Louisville kind of dominate a physical team at the, the offensive line and the point of the attack, I'm going to have a hard time picking uh, Louisville to win that game because Boston College is going to, you know, one thing about them. They're going to have good fronts. They're going to have good defensive fronts. They're going to have good offensive fronts. And that is something that has been illustrated perfectly that Louisville struggled with under Scott Satterfield when they played against a team like Kentucky. And Agreed. Boston College is, in my mind, kentucky like. So I, it's hard for me to expect them to win that game. Definitely agree. Um, uh, the sort of Halloween weekend game, the cards travel down to Raleigh to NC State. Chris, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the Wolfpack? Don't believe in NC State. Don't Ooh. think Dave Doran's a good coach. Think Louisville shocks here and they win. Okay. And this is like, this is the area right here. So, like, you have Virginia. We just picked both Louisville to lose that game. We picked Louisville to lose against Boston College. You go into NC State and you're riding a two-game losing streak, and I think that is very possible. You lose that game and you have Clemson coming into town next weekend. Because you know you're losing to Clemson. You know you're losing That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Things can fall off the rail very quickly. So you got to go all in for this game. I, you know, and you know, every single year, Scott Satterfield's got to go all in for this game. And, yeah. and, and, and here's where we're going to differ. I, I don't believe in Scott Satterfield. I, I see this as a loss. I have very vivid memories of, of this team going into Raleigh. Um, it was my birthday. I was in Vegas. Lamar Jackson's, I think it was his first season. And they came out with the, oh, no, no, it was his third season. And they came out with the L. And uh, I was uh, at a craps table, just very upset. Um, so I, I'm picking the loss here. Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't think Dave Doran's as good a coach. Um, but I, I do think NC State's either going to be the second or third best team in this division this year. Would you would you take Dave Doran over as a coach over Scott Satterfield? <laughs> I think I would, Chris. I think I would. I don't think it'd be, I don't think it'd be that big. I'm not quite there. I don't think it'd be that big an improvement, but I think it'd be an improvement. I think I'd know what I have. And I think I'd have seven to eight wins a season. We're both picking Louisville to lose against Clemson. We're both picking Louisville to lose against Clemson. What do you, what do you make of Clemson this this season now while we're here? I think in general, some of these teams at the top end are going to come back to the pack a little bit. I completely um, agree. Completely agree. I think part of the reason why is because last year you've seen all these teams get the extra COVID year. Right. But on the elite programs, they still kind of did the same thing. All their players went to the NFL. Right. So you have a whole group of experienced players that are kind of getting the extra year. I think Alabama is not even in the same zip code as as good as they were last year. Um, I still think they're the best team in the country, but I think it's going to be more of a defensive thing for them. I think Oklahoma is very, very, very good. And I am really high on them. Um, When was the last time an Oklahoma team 
that was this highly regarded lived up to the hype though, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. like this has happened two or three times and they've gotten knocked down a peg. Yeah, I mean they've they've been in the college football playoff, but you you know, not dancing beyond right. that. I I'll, I'll take this Oklahoma team over to Clemson. Um I I, I think that's have, fair. I have Clemson beating Georgia. I have them covering the three points, but that's more about Georgia and Kirby Smart um than it is about Clemson. Um that's gonna be know, a fun game. That's gonna be a really fun dude. Game. This this opening weekend is just Awesome man, Alabama, my Alabama, Miami could be, you know, uh, uh, more competitive than it otherwise would be. I believe in Miami. I I hope so. I I hope so. This Alabama was always like, oh, they could get tested, and then it's yeah a twenty five point game when I blink my eyes. Um, We do we both have wins over Syracuse? Yeah, I think Syracuse. I think. yeah, I think Syracuse is going to be. Really I, I'm bad. with you. As I said, Syracuse is is the worst team in this division. Do we both have wins at Duke? Yeah, Duke plays Charlotte this week, and I think they're going to get beat in that game. Actually, <laughs> um, they, they they really might. Um, so yeah, I have Louisville winning that game. So so Chris, we both have Louisville going into this Kentucky game, uh, coming off two game win streak. You have them at seven and four. I have them at five and six. What do you think about this battle of the bluegrass? Is it going to be any different? No chance. <laughs> I I don't give much. And, you know, I don't, I, it's the same, same thing I said about Boston college. I don't think that Kentucky is really that good, but I mean, like they're very sound defensively. They're physical. They can run the ball up your throats. Mm-hmm. They can do all the, you know, without getting into too much football speak, they can do all the little things good. Um, so until Louisville can prove that they can beat a physical team, I'm going to have a hard time beat, you know, kind of kind of saying that they would win this game. I think this game would will be a double-digit win for Kentucky. And, you know, where does that leave you? Say Louisville went 7-5 and five and they lost to Kentucky by 15 points. How do you feel about Scott Satterfield? That's, that's what I'm saying, Chris. That's I what I'm do saying. not know. That's what I'm saying, Chris, is, is Louisville is in such a tough spot this season because you cannot fire Scott Satterfield after a 7-5 and five season. It's not going to happen. Even if he goes five and seven, which is what I have them, I don't think they're going to fire him. And we both know, based on they'll, this they'll, schedule, they'll, they'll probably go six and six now. That we they'll we probably predicted. go six and six. I, the difference that we have, Chris, is you have them winning at NC State. I do not. You have them winning at Florida State. I do not. I don't. I, I probably should trust them in Tallahassee. I, I, so they, I, that pro- was, they probably that was, they probably win one of those games. Right. And they probably lose the other. That's probably what right. That's probably right. They probably go six, six and six this season. I'm having a hard time getting to eight. Like even in the rosiest, I was admittedly being negative. I have a really hard time getting to eight. I don't know where people are getting to nine. It really don't like that's just people just being stupid about Kentucky. It just Kentucky's a better team this year. I'm I'm sorry. That, that, they just I think that, yeah. I mean that's them beating Central Florida. That's them beating Florida State. That's them beating either Kentucky or NC State. Okay. Yeah. yeah. True. Um, it's as you said. I'm not uh, until until they're not incredibly solvable by incredible line play. They're not beating Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, it's very straightforward. I mean, Kentucky could win that game twenty to seven, 
right. and not be overly dominant. But I mean, they, it, it could be one of those times where you say the game was never even in question and it's, you, you just can't, you know, I, I don't think Kentucky is a very good football team, but I will say that Stoops and company have built the team the correct way for the mm-hmm. way to compete in the SEC, and that is you build with your offensive line, and right. they have sure that up. And you know, I I think that 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 Satterfield came to Louisville thinking that he could play with small linemen that were mobile and kind of quickly found out that that wasn't going to work even in the ACC. And they have addressed that and they have improved since then, but they still have a little bit of ways to go. Um, I think they've done a good job. I've talked with enough people that I believe that they have done a good job kind of improving the offensive line, but it's just still not where it needs to be. I completely agree. I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, any any last notes on this schedule before we go? As I said, uh, as I said just a minute ago, Chris, you have them at seven and five. I have them at five and seven. Yeah, I think that's about it. <sighs> Who does Scott Satterfield get caught with uh, talking to along the way? <laughs> um, he's building a house, Chris. But but who 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 is who is he talking to? Who are some of the jobs that are going to be open this year? Um, Auburn won't be open this year, but I think it'll be open next year. I think the dude they hired is going to work there. Um, Carson, what's his name? But he's brand new, isn't he? Yeah, he came from Boise State, but you know how that shit. That's goes, such a weird. Okay? That was such a weird culture fit. I, 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 well, hey, I the, the, the weird, the weird thing about him is, I, I think he's a good coach. I just don't think it's going to work there. I completely agree. Um, <sighs> let me let me pull up open. the let me pull up the hot seat this season. Uh, come again, ESPN man. Just, just or conversely, you know, if Indiana has a good season, does does your boy leave up there? Um, Tennessee, you can always uh, let me let me let me give you my Indiana football take. No team has had a dream season two years in a row. Indiana is not going to be as good. Oh, we're well, in the same. When the was same the field. last time a team had two dream seasons in a row? Sincerely. Cool. It's it doesn't happen. It just doesn't we're, happen. We're, we're totally in the same okay. corner. I'm I'm betting the hell out of Iowa in week one, and they play them week one. I think they lose that game right there. So okay, here here are the teams that are at a level five and a level four on CBS's hot seat rankings by Dennis Dodd. Five out of it's it's five to zero. So five, Scott Frost of uh, of of Nebraska. We don't think he'll go there. To Nebraska. That's where Mark Stoops is going to go. Ooh, you heard it here first, first kids. Um, <laughs> Virginia Tech, Justin Fuente. I think Virginia Tech wins week one against North Carolina. Okay. Okay. I, I, I could see Scott Satterfield in Virginia Tech. I'm just saying I could, I, I could, I could see but I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, think it's going to happen. I'm just saying I, I could see him in that purple. It's close to the mountains, close to the mountains. <laughs> Um, he's not going to Connecticut. He's not going to Arizona state, not going to LSU, not going to Michigan. Um, yeah, that's, that's is, is Virginia tech. Really? The only one there. I think Virginia tech's the only, only one there. Let me look in and see other ones. Duke Ooh. cut Cliff for tires. 
Yeah, it's going to be a Duke guy. So that's probably a no, right? It's going to be a Duke yeah. guy. Um, Scott, if, if Stoops leaves, does he go to Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be amazing. And NC State, if Dave Doran goes, does he go to NC State? NC State would be a very interesting one. Um, I I think that would be – I don't think that would be a lateral move, honestly. I think that would be – I, think it would, be, right I think it would be a lateral move for Scott Satterfield who wants to get back to Boone, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a know. fine move for him. You know, if Virginia Tech comes comes available, that would be the one. I just – I'm kind of bullish on Virginia Tech this year. Um, maybe that's incorrect. So, you know, that would be the one. <laughs> oh man, this is fun. And, and, uh, this is uh, any, any final notes about Scott Satterfield, this football program moving forward um, before we, we head back to Chris Mackland. <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm really excited to just watch a football game. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping it's, you know, I'm going to be completely emotionally invested in a football game again. And I wasn't emotionally invested in the football team for, you know, like half the season last year. So it would be nice to see a competitive game. I hope we get that. I'm right there with you. I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it greatly. All right, Chris, moving right along. We, we wanted to touch on this Chris Mack story. Um, the latest, you know, there, there wasn't, there was some that came out new. We, we had a, after our emergency, we had a Vince Tyree press conference. Um, we had some reporting that Chris Mack, you know, that, that, that was done probably, probably Eric Crawford's probably the easiest person to refer to here, um, that the university was pretty, you know, not happy with the way things have, have gone down. Um, you know, in, in the, in sort of the aftermath of the recording and the event of the firing of Dino Gaudio, um, probably no, most notably, and this hasn't been confirmed by anyone, but it has been mentioned by just about everyone, um, that there may have been, you know, uh, sort of a misunderstanding where, where Mac didn't bring the full, uh, the full tape to the university or not. Um, and, and that's been brought up by Eric Crawford and I think the Courier Journal as well. Um, and then also just the part, you know, the part where Chris Mack, you know, mentions, you know, I give you my word to Dino, which, uh, which may not mean anything, but that's going to happen. What assurances do I have? Which apparently what didn't make both Neely Bendapudi's president's office and some members of the board happy. And obviously there's been a lot of kind of turmoil in the, in the fan base, a lot of hate directed towards those folks, Ben Deputy probably chiefly, uh, and and some mentioning of the board. Chris, where where are you on this story? I, I know you know. I think we we are sort of in agreement on on the punishment and what it means. But you know, what, where are you sort of moving forward and what it means for Chris Mack? Well, for starters, um, I do feel completely comfortable saying two things. Um, please, one, please that Chris Mack didn't turn over the uh, full tape. I would say that to the umph degree, whatever type of reputation okay. that I, I would have, I would, I would risk that all on that because I feel very comfortable saying that Two, I would say that in some form or another, that termination for Chris Mack was discussed. 
Mm. Um, I would feel very, very comfortable saying that as well. Um, so I kind of want to get those things out in the air, um, because I think they're important parts of the story. Definitely. Um, I didn't even mention the, the termination part for sure. There was, there's plenty floating around about that. I am no more satisfied or happy than I was when, when things took place. Um, I think that you can easily make the argument that maybe Chris Mack didn't kind of turn over the tape because he was trying to protect his friend of course of, of 30 years. To me, that seems like a logical, logical conclusion. I think. And to be that, honest, a decent one, Chris, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think hindsight's 2020. It's, it's easy to look at it now and say, Oh, he shouldn't have done that. But I, I don't know if any it, of us in the moment would have done, would it wouldn't have done the same thing. And honestly, you know, me and you have talked everything that I know, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm speaking on, you know, some of the stuff that's been told to me and the way it's been described to me of Chris Mack being kind of hesitant to talk about this with the university and not wanting it to go to the feds and not wanting it to become what it was. Part of the reason he didn't have a person in the room is because my God, it's, it's a dude who is his friend. Right. And then he's like, Oh my God, you're extorting me. So I'm going to record. Like I'm not so blind to, to say that, you know, Chris Mack didn't do anything wrong here, but I am very inclined to defend the dude because just everything I've heard kind of lines up and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, like I, I, I just really, really question if Millie Bendapudi is, is fit for this position. And like, I, I never thought that I would be saying that because when she was hired, I was a person who staunchly defended her. I thought people saying things like, oh my God, this is Kentucky trying to hijack the board, do all these crazy things to the University of Louisville. I thought they were sorely misplaced. I thought this was ridiculous to say anything of that matter. But regardless of how you feel about academics versus athletics, I hear you when you say the things that you do. I understand what you're saying. I feel you. But you have got to understand at a place like Louisville, you cannot run athletics like it's ran at, you know, maybe 80% of the country. Athletics Mm -hmm. is a very, very important part of the University of Louisville. And it's not just for the sports fans. It's for the entire university. They've done, I mean, you know, 15, not even 15 years ago, 25 years ago, the whole Flutie effect thing came out and it talked about how Doug Flutie, you know, through that pass and that miracle play and how the enrollment at Boston College soared up and people came to Boston College because of the success of their athletic programs. Right. right. There are plenty of people that come to the University of Louisville because they saw Lamar Jackson on TV, because they saw the basketball team on TV, because they saw these things, they saw athletic accomplishments, and that matters. That matters in all walks of life. It matters in the education department. It matters in the science department. It matters in the math department. And you have got to understand that you cannot run athletics at the University of Louisville like you would run it at Boston College, right. like you would run it at Rutgers or Kansas. I think or Kansas. Yes, I think a six-game suspension for Chris Mack, with zero contact to the program in that six-game suspension, I think it's 
freaking stupid. I think like I think it's absolutely insane. I do. And you know, it's one of those things where sometimes we talk and I collect myself and I come back and I have a more measured take. But I feel the same way I felt when we had our our, you know, our emergency podcast. I um I agree. I agree with with most of what you said. I I think I, I want to start off with saying I think that Chris Mack is being punished for what has happened before him. Things, um, things that he had no part in, and I think that's both unfair and both a reality that I think like everyone has to accept that the, the the sins of the past exist. And even though he isn't responsible for them, he's a part of the lifeblood of Louisville basketball. And those sins in some way are his, you know, should we, should we accept that though? We, we, I think there's a difference between should we No, but is that the way the world works in a lot of cases? Yes. And at, at and sometimes there has to be blood. Someone has to pay in blood. I agree with you. Six games is ridiculous. Um, I, I keep going back to the fact that Rick Pitino was suspended for five games for the stripper gate. I do not see these as congruent or worse issues. I think the point would have been made with two games. I think the point would have been made with one. Um, I think a slap on the wrist. This is not a slap on the wrist. This is not a slap on the wrist. Um, I, I think, well, I agree with you, Chris, Chris Mack. Um, he definitely was, you know, definitely was trying to look out for his friend, his, his friend of 30 years. Like I said, I, I, I can't, even if, to you, I wouldn't have done the same thing. I can't, I can't say that at all. And just real quick, I want to say, even if you want to say Chris Mack was looking out for himself and he wasn't looking out for his friend at all, I would still say six games is stupid, but yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I think, I think given everything, I understand everything. I know what you just mentioned in context. I think Chris Mack deserved to be suspended for some period of time. Yes. I, I think two games is the magic number for me. I'd be like, yeah, two games, you know, you, you broke the HR rules. That wasn't good. You know, you skip the first two games. They could be the freaking exhibitions. I don't know. I mean, the first two first two competitive games, I, I, I think people would be miffed, but everyone comes out ahead. Chris Mack, you know, he can do the same statement he did. I shouldn't have done. I, you know, I, I handled things incorrectly. I should have had someone in the room. That sounds better in that situation. It doesn't sound like you're being hidden. I'm sure Chris Vince Tyree doesn't get that mad. Um, I, I, everyone's happy with that. I think I think for the most part, people were in the right place of wanting the things that they wanted. I completely agree with you. You can't run. It's hard for me because I, I care about the university so much. I care for it just outside of the, in many ways, just as much outside of the context of athletics as I do the school. I, 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 sure. You know, I, I, I've seen growth. I've, I, you know, I helped, I put in, like 30 hours a week calling people 
trying to get them to donate when I went to Ulo. I did that right. that shitty job. I, I know a lot more than the average person. Hell, I was more protective of Greg Postal just because, to be quite honest, my mother-in-law knew him and said he was a good-ass person. He, do, he had done more for the university in 25 years than half the people pissing on him had done in five and in, in 50, you know? And, and yes, he wasn't meant to be a president of the university, um, but that doesn't mean he didn't care. He just was a guy who shouldn't have been in that spot. And he was triple interim, whatever the hell it was. My point here is that it's just really hard because there's so many different competing things. And it's, I think a lot of people get bur like rolled up in this situation. And when you're dealing with a board, when you're dealing with a bunch of people in a dark room and it's really easy to, to latch on to someone and God knows we've seen some of the people who have been on that board be super negative about this, the way that things are, are happening for really dumb reasons. They're still mad about Tom Jurich. I, I can't help but feel that there's still some level of animosity against this new administration. I understand that Neely has has been the target, but I, I do, if anything, I want people to think more about just the board. I'm not obviously the the buck starts buck stops with Neely. She's the chief decision maker, but I don't. I definitely do not think that she's the last person. You know that she's she's the only party in, in here. So I, I just want to make that clear. Um, I, it's hard for me, Chris. I, I don't know. It's, it, and it's, we were all left in a tough situation. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a marketing person. I'm a PR person. People look and see Chris Mack suspended for six games and they don't know what the hell it's about. They don't know. They don't know that it's an HR violation. They think it's just the same way as the strippers. And we're going to talk about this Monday meeting that happened. And apparently some of the students, some of the old U of L basketball uh, alumni was like, I'm tired of hearing about this shit. I'm tired of bad yeah, shit like, happening. I'm tired of having to explain myself for being a part and, and being tied to this shit. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it as a fan of us tripping over ourselves over and over so that's where i'm the most upset let me let me be crystal clear about two things one i think chris mack is a good basketball coach right. i think that louisville is going to have a good season this year i think they have a good basketball team two the main thing that doesn't set right with me here is that i think this is personal yeah, I think this is someone, and I'm not saying it's Nilly, but there are people, I, I'll be completely blunt with you and tell you that there are people in the athletic department that do not like Chris Mack, right. that do not view him as a likable person. And let me tell you also, I do not give a shit if my <laughs> basketball coach is a likable person or not. I don't care. If he does the right thing, if he treats people fine, and he wins games, that's all I care about. If he's an asshole at press conferences and he's a little cross to other people, I don't care. I don't want him to be a bad person. Right. But it, but if he's not the most likable person, I don't care. Right. Like, I, I really don't. And I, I, based upon the things that I've been told, I, I think that plays a part here. Um, you know, I did this kind of like a long-standing Twitter thread where I was just basically talking to myself, but I'm like, if Louisville never views themselves as, 
you know, just another basketball program, if they don't give themselves the opportunity to come out of this and they're constantly punishing the, the punishing the team mm-hmm. for things that have happened in the past, they never are going to. Right. Like you cannot come down on a coach for 30 for 30 videos or whatever these things were or right. GA practicing or things that happen all the year. You can't come down with them and say, Oh my God, you committed the NCAA violation. Dude, like that shit happens everywhere. Everywhere all the time. And it's not like, and you know, people see, Oh my God, Lowell committed another violation. Dude, like the rules are written for you to violate them. NCAA get suspicious. If you aren't reporting these violations, like that's how stupid it is. But if you want to govern Louisville differently than every team in Division One is governed, then they are never going to come out of this. That is the reality. Right. Like you can't just keep doing that. And I think that I think that nilly actions have damaged the value of the coaching at the university of Louisville. If Chris Mack leaves tomorrow for some reason, I mean, I, I hope that he doesn't, but if Chris Mack were to leave tomorrow to say he's done, who's going to come to Louisville after a coach gets suspended six games for not having another person in the room. Yeah. Like I think, I, I think she's done damage to the value of coaching at Louisville. And those are the type of things that I worry about. Like, yeah no and 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 it turns into this season not just being about winning to fix you know chris max issues at louisville but winning to fix louisville's issues in louisville and you want chris mack to win here next season because you know that will make him want to stay and um i I, I tend to uh, to believe what sort of Neely said that you know that that she has the that she has the confidence in him moving forward in turn you know I think if he wins I think the 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 university and the board will get behind him I, I think everyone's tired of losing everyone's just tired of losing <laughs> yeah. winning winning cures all ills if if we just make the tournament last year if we make the tournament last year, you think he gets six games? I, I, he doesn't. He doesn't fire Dino. What am I saying? He, he doesn't have to fire Dino if they make. If they the make tournament. the tournament in year, if COVID doesn't happen, they make the tournament. And they win a game in the tournament. This doesn't happen. That's wild. Absolutely wild. Like the, um, you, you look back at so many things with Louisville, and you're like, "Good lord!" Like if Donovan Mitchell doesn't leave. And they don't go try to get Brian Bowen. Ray Pitino is still coaching at Louisville. I mean, like, it's just like stuff like that. Like, you know, if, if Louisville, if COVID never happens, Louisville is a, you know, four seed in the NCAA tournament in year two of Chris Mack. They, they make win a the game. second weekend at least. Yeah, maybe they make the second week. They, they definitely win a game in the tournament. They win the first game. And, you know, they, they probably win that second game. But even if they don't, Chris Mack's not reaching to to fire a bunch of people. So none of this even happens. It's just bizarre. To like, I don't know, to look back at t- that type of stuff. No, it's, it is. It is a doors. It is a, a sliding doors type deal for for sure. It's it's fascinating to think about and, and incredibly frustrating. 
Um, anything else on Chris Mack before we close out on this uh, on this meeting? I, I don't really know what what uh, don't have a ton, but but what do you what do you think? I mean, like it was uh, as far as the meeting gone, and you know, it's it's cool. <laughs> I thought that there were, like might be like more written about it. I was a little surprised on how little kind of came out about it. Um, I know you had something to say about kind of like Tick Rogers. He may have. Said yeah, something. Tick Rogers. It sounds. I I, I don't have this confirmed. It, it, you know, he did go on Mark Ennis's show, The Drive, with Luke Hancock. Talked to Luke Hancock. Was praising him. Praise Chris Mack. If there's anything that came out of this meeting, it was that those dudes support Chris Mack. Those dudes yeah. back Chris Mack as a whole that he's done better than Patino. I've heard some reports that Tick may have come out, came at um, Jerry Eves and, and may have sort of, uh, you know, come at some of the dudes who have been really negative and, and maybe said, you don't speak for everyone here. Interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that specific things were talked about, uh, you know, the, the sort of the, the statue thing with Wes Unseld. I talked to somebody that was with some of the alumni over the weekend. He mentioned that they were specifically, you know, this was before the meeting. Um, he mentioned that they were talking about, you know, wanting them to have more jobs and talking about how in North, in North Carolina and Duke, when it, when a Duke assistant, a North Carolina assistant goes to another school, he brings in old students to to or old players to become assistant coaches and to learn fair. the assistant co- and and Louisville and I I think that's honestly more because of um sort of how things have gone you know I mean what like Rick Pitino you know like Steve Masiello has the issue when he leaves you know like his son uh doesn't do so hot when he leaves it, it's who was it's, the old dude ralph willard yeah that was, yeah willard cool. also not so great when he leaves but you know why weren't louisville, there weren't louisville players involved in those things you know that's what happened when kenny Payne went and got a job and um that's how you know i think that's i think that's a fair criticism i think like juan howard hasn't brought anybody on staff from michigan but he is like done a completely really good job of kind of like opening up Michigan to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a part of his success. I mean, like if you just had like Donovan Mitchell and like Montrez Harrell and like Daryl Griffin and like Wes Unsell and like Felton Spencer and all of these people just like around campus and just on campus yeah. and being there for that, like Dewan Wagner, like, you know, all these things, like, that's cool. I'm I'm all for yeah. for what's what's happening here. I think like, I, yeah yeah. I even I even heard of like dudes who are like you know names that we that are not ones coming to mind. They're lawyers, financial analysts, and people like that. It's like you know they want to come in. They want to they want to be like hey you know here's what you know for the guys who work at finance. Like here's what it's going to be like if you're not making the NBA. You know, here's, you know, you, are you interested in finance? Are you interested in this? Like, let us help you. Let us create a network and, and wanting to be more, more um, intentional, I think is a good word uh, about right. that. And, and I think that's stuff that's easy to do. That's um, I think it, 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 the vibe I'm getting, um, you know, between the different reports and some of the things that have leaked out is that this was a great conversation and that a lot of the issues that have become Rick Bozich stories are not issues that over 25% of the people who went are upset about. 
And a Rick Bozick story didn't come out this And week, a Rick so. Bozick story didn't come out. And I think that says way more than anything else, to be quite yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I think I mean, that says it, a lot. It, it seems like it would be easy to have these guys in these various careers come to the school and come to the team and speak. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you have these guys, you have a different type of dude once a week to come in and talk and, you know, be mentors. Like, like I said, I am totally all for as much outreach as you can get because, mm-hmm. you know, Louisville has the history that they have, mm-hmm. like, go, go celebrate that shit. hundred percent. And, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get a better, uh, as you and I both said, we a hundred percent need a better routine of when do we recognize folks? When do we retire jerseys? When do we bid bill statues? We've sort of gotten the, the hints, you know, as Tyrese talked about football statues that, that, you know, stuff like that, that need to be done. Um, I'm getting the idea that these things are going to be, that the people are, are working on them. And I think the last year and a half with COVID is really kind of hamstrung this department in terms of doing some of those things. And um, even as they mentioned this year, they're, they, they added a, a new way for them to display the retired jerseys at the stadium. Um, the retire, I think they, they got to the point where there's too many, they added a video board. So they'll always be rotating through all the jerseys. And I think that's really cool. Um, for sure. I want to say, Garrett Cole had 12 strikeouts. He did have 12 strikeouts and the city of New York is absolutely flooding right now. Just the TL is absolutely full of all of it. Yeah. And it's, it's also probably flooding literally because Ida is like on New York right now. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be, it's going to be exactly what I mean. (laughs) That's literally what you're saying. I know it's going to rain like two inches here tomorrow. That's what I was saying. Uh, But anyway, central park got like four inches in the last hour. Oh my Lord. Uh, Back to my, please back, back to my original point. Whatever you can do to bet the New York Yankees to win, you know, anything, go ahead and do that because (laughs) the New York Yankees are running the world series. I hope you're right. That good gosh. I'm just telling you that. No, this team, this team is legit. Like they're legit. They're legit. They're legit. Uh, anything else before the, we wrap this up? This was a big show, but I think, I think I'm glad, I'm glad we had it. Yeah. It's one of the longest episodes we've had, I think. For sure. Um, for sure. We had a really good discussion. I'm kind of good. I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Chris, you know, as you said, you were going to be writing for uh, sports betting dime, check out capping by Chris on Twitter. Also, you, you, you got that going. You, we've got a good, you got a good community there. I, I dabble and, and hang out a lot. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully you'll be helping some folks out this football season. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, It'll be fun weekend. It's, it's really cool that like opening weekend, it actually has premier games. College basketball should college basketball should take notes. Like this is what we need the opening weekend of college basketball to look like. Just like 35 seconds. Why is this Louisville Kentucky basketball game on a Wednesday in December, (laughs) December the 22nd, I think Uh, just someone fix this. Someone fix this. I, I think the people who care the most, they want something done. Just someone fix this, dude. Jesus yeah. Christ. Also, can we mention that Kentucky and Michigan kind of just I disappeared? Know. I know. That's, that's an yeah. interesting thing. 
That's well, well, we'll, we'll see. I, I definitely that that was that was certainly interesting. But uh, all right, folks, this was fantastic. We are we will be back next week to talk about this first game. Maybe maybe it's a dub as as Chris thinks. Maybe a loss as I think. Um, hopefully it's a win. I, I hope it's a win. I just want people to know. I I I hope we win. It's not that I don't want us to win. Um, it's that I just I I don't know if we've got the horses. I don't know if we got the horses, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, until then, guys, thanks, everyone, for listening. And thanks, Chris, as always. And we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.